we're starting to scare politicians who have been in denial for so long. And I think my message is we're going to be looking back on this time period. We're going mm -hmm. to be reading about it in history books. Welcome to Frontline Voices, a podcast by the Natural Resources Council of Maine. That was Siri Pierce, a senior at Casco Bay High School. She and other students from Deering, Casco Bay, and Portland High Schools formed a coalition called Solar Eyes. Together, this group organized a march to build support for using solar energy to power Portland schools. This summer, Portland's Board of Education voted unanimously in favor of pursuing an off-site solar power project. This year, SolarEyes was the winner of a Conservation Leadership Award from NRCM in recognition of their work. In this episode of Frontline Voices, you'll hear my conversation with three members of SolarEyes, Siri Pierce, Brianna Holston, and Amy Ishimwe. That's the order you'll hear each of them in the episode. They reflect on memories of the march and the school board decision in favor of the solar project. And they also shared some advice to people who want to get involved in climate advocacy work. Congratulations to SolarEyes, and here's the episode. We had looked into the possibility of putting solar panels on our school, and then what we found out is that actually there were a lot of other schools that were interested in um, pursuing similar projects. So we started talking to other environmental clubs at other schools, um, and then began to brainstorm how, how we could make this possible for the entire school district. So we worked with all the environmental clubs and they were kind of like youth recruiters and we made a digital toolkit to help them start preparing and promoting for the march. So we had students at all the different schools. There's a weather watching club at East End and so our their teacher emailed me pictures of the posters they'd handwritten and hand drew these like incredible posters. Little clouds and suns and I just remember feeling like, oh, this is why we're doing it is because kids as young as second and third grade know what's happening. They are watching. So we got to work with students from all over Portland and help raise awareness around this march. And then on May 4th, we did march. Um, and there are over 300 students um, and residents of Portland and the greater Portland area that came out um, and marched with us. I just remember there was an intense just sense of togetherness allyship between people of different schools and that was just really powerful to see and I also like the way the word spread like within the community I will remember I was walking and then I met this friend of mine I babysat for some days and then I was like oh you came Mia and then she was like did you did I tell you about this and she was like no I had this from school and we were like close but I never told her but still the information like cross the border like I've been around the community and I love that I just like love the way most kids came like to support it and that's amazing that the word yeah. spread and then could we jump forward to that decision in August I remember when we went to the school board meeting Siri had called me do you want to come and I had just this feeling what if nothing happens like maybe we're just high school kids they're just gonna turn it down and then it's just gonna fade and nobody's gonna ever remember about it. But after hearing that it had passed and everything was going great, I just felt like, wow, we have a city council which, who listens, like they, they understand our needs and they supported us. Like to me, it just showed me a new perspective of how I saw Portland, yeah. So there was actually 
really important legislation that passed in the state of Maine that ultimately changed the minds of our school board members, and I don't think this project would have been possible without it. The Janet Mills administration and the current legislature passed a bill called LD 711, I believe. Um, and this bill basically makes it so community solar projects um, are much more financially possible. They had hired an independent consulting firm to create a proposal that would outline this potential savings per kilowatt hour and things like that and show why it's important to not act now because of decreasing federal incentives and factors like that. What it ultimately showed is that actually there really is no downside to moving forward to this because we're actually saving hundreds of thousands of dollars um, as a school district and I think that was the turning point. I hate to say that we're our world is only focused on economic motivation. I don't think they were, the school board was, but it was definitely an important factor um, in their decision because school boards are school boards. We're a public school system. Yeah. We don't have extra money floating mm. around to put solar panels on schools just for yeah. the heck of it. And I think what was important to the superintendent is that it actually had an environmental impact, that it wasn't just for show. Yeah, well, thank you for that. I, I'm curious to know what you have learned from this experience in terms of lessons of activism. What will you carry with you for maybe future campaigns or just lessons in general? What do you think? I've learned that it's really important to stick together as a community, not just a school community, but also like local communities within Portland, within Maine. Just like the sense of togetherness brought everything to fruition. And I think that's the most important thing that has come out. I learned that I have to stick to what I believe. I remember one of my friends was like, Amy, really? Do you really have to do this? I'm like, I was like, I believe, this is what I believe in. I'm fighting for a better cause. It's not like I want to hang out like during lunchtime or something. That's, that that's going to stay with me like wherever I go. It's true to stay to what you believe in, even though you don't have like some people supporting you or some stuff. And also, I learned togetherness, support from different people. Like we received a lot of support from like our teachers, the administration office. Everybody was supporting us, and they showed that they were really with us. What are some lessons that you learned? School board members aren't used to people coming and speaking so passionately about, I mean, unless they're a very important issue at stake, like school budgets, things like that. Normally, it's just them talking things out. So I think it was really exciting for them to see not only students, but teachers and community members come up and talk about why this project is so important. Um, and I think that was a really, really powerful moment, especially they pointed out that they would never have been considering this if it weren't for us, if it weren't for the students who are involved in this. Because ultimately, they're going to be saving money as a school district, and that money can go into investing in our educations and the educations of future students to come. So I think that was really powerful to see that not only did we make an impact, but it's an impact that really wouldn't have happened without student activism. Do you have any advice for someone who is really concerned about the climate crisis but isn't sure how to get involved or do something? 
I would say start with you and your neighbors. If you want to get involved, there are always going to be something around you or people around you that open your eyes. You're going to see opportunities for you to like give a hand or maybe work on a lot of stuff to be involved in. Like you can maybe recycle, like be mindful of what you use and the gas you use. Like just open your eyes. You're always going to see stuff to do around you and don't give up. I mean, I just feel like the main thing is just start around you or is going to see things to do. Yeah, I'd agree with everything Amy said. And also, I think it really starts with elections and becoming a civically accountable citizen. I think that our state elected Janet Mills and we're already the landscape for renewable energy and the landscape for environmental action has completely shifted in such a short amount of time. So I think that shows how important it is, not just to focus on, yes, national elections are important, we've seen why they're so important, but also focus on local elections. It matters who we elect to city council, it matters who we elect to our school board. What is your top message to political leaders right now about the climate crisis? We're starting to scare politicians who have been in denial for so long. And I think my message is we're going to be looking back on this time period. We're going mm -hmm. to be reading about it in history books and seeing which people stood up and faced the reality that the reality of this crisis, we are in a crisis. It's not approaching, it's not 50 years off, we're in a crisis. And the time to act was a long, long time ago. Um, but we have a few more precious years to start acting. And I think it doesn't really matter what you have believed or decided to believe until this point. I think standing up to partisan barriers and not just denying climate change because that's what your party believes, but because that's what you know is the reality. I think it's just, it's time for people to start standing up for what is ultimately science and what is ultimately facts and realize that when we're adults, we're going to look back on this time in history and say, we either did something amazing or we are screwed. Yeah, just like Siri said, time years are gonna come and go and we're just gonna be remembering these days, you know? And if they don't do it, just so you know, remember that like we're doing, this is a community, like it's uh, some local groups are, stand, are stepping up. I just feel like even though they don't do something, just so you know, the majority will rule. Like if different communities start rising up, they will have to follow our ways. I'm just saying to those who don't believe in climate change or those who deny stepping up right now, I just feel like even though you don't stand up right now, just so you know, we're going to rule at the end of the day because most power is coming from us. Like, this is Portland. Maybe there is another group in Boston doing the same thing. Maybe there is another one in New York. Those little actions are going to affect the globe. We are going to save the world. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to add that I think also the climate crisis is an opportunity to not just address 
the literal environmental effects, but also to start changing the systems which have led us to this point where we are dependent on economic systems that basically promote destroying our environment and stealing natural resources and not just exploiting the environment but exploiting people too. So I think if we're going to solve this crisis in the right way, we need to do it in a way where we look at who's most affected. Minority populations and countries that are not as developed are going to be the ones who are hardest hit by this crisis. I mean the indigenous communities, people who have been fighting this fight for the longest um, are going to be ultimately hurt the most. The people who have contributed the least are are going to be harmed the most by this crisis. Um, and we need to include those people in this conversation so we can create not only a more sustainable future, but a more equitable future. We can change these systems. We can create our own climate change, but not like necessarily an environmental climate change, but we can change the systems that have led us to this point and not just created an environmental crisis, but a humanitarian crisis. And I think we can either take this opportunity and continue to put band-aids on problems, or we can re-examine our world and how it works um, and what we can do to change it. Thank you so much to Siri Pierce, Amy Ishimwe, Brianna Holston, and all of the members of SolarEyes for your fantastic work in advocating for solar power in your schools. And thank you for listening to Frontline Voices. To learn more about NRCM and listen to other episodes, please visit us at our website at nrcm.org. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, however you get your podcasts. Thanks very much.